0: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery. Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, November 7th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. So to start out, because it is the first episode of a new month, I am going to introduce a new segment, which is Upcoming this month, what to watch, basically anything that's coming up that you need to know about at the beginning of the month, I'm going to hit on. So coming up this month is the ending of the World Series and the MLB season. Obviously, that ended this past weekend, which I will go over here shortly. Then also, NCAA basketball starts actually today, Monday, and women's basketball starts tomorrow. I don't usually follow women's basketball as much, but I will cover men's. Later this month, starting on the 21st, also, we will have the FIFA World Cup. And for the first time in a long time, Team USA is involved. So get ready for that in the month of November. And so, like I said, every month we're going to do that at the beginning, just to what to watch out for and what's coming up. That is beginning of seasons, ends of seasons, all of that. So but moving on to baseball, since I did say that that ended this weekend. So game going back to game three, though, is what last week kind of what we started. Game three was supposed to be Monday. It was postponed when we went to Philadelphia. But game three was on Tuesday and the game went to the Phillies. They shut out the Astros seven to zero and tied a World Series record of five home runs in a single game game so consider the momentum shifted so phillies go up in the series 2-1 in philly Game 4 felt like a must win for the Astros and it was scoreless until the 5th when the Houston team had a World Series record 5 runs in a single inning. The Astros won 5-0 and managed only the second no hitter in World Series game in a World Series game ever. The last was in 1956 and that was by one pitcher so this was a combined pitching effort, aka it was a combined no hitter. So the season, series is even 2 to and we know we're at least heading back to Houston. Game five, final game in Philly was on Thursday with the Eagles actually playing the Texans on the same night. So that was Philly playing Houston and Philly playing Houston either on the NFL field or the MLB Diamond. So this was the final home game for the Phillies and man, it was a close one. Astros struck early scoring a run in the first inning on the night that was supposed to be a big pitching battle between Snydergard and Verlander on the mound. The Phillies' Kyle Schwarber only needed one pitch before slamming a home run to tie the game. Then Penna answered with a home run for the Astros in the fourth to go up two to one. And Altuve scored in the eighth to give the Astros the 3-1 lead. Thank God they did too because the Phillies were setting up a nice rally in the eighth, scoring a run with pitcher on pitcher Montero. And Chaz McCormick had an amazing catch in the ninth, which saved the Astros from a tied game. So the Astros lead the series 3 2 Going home to Houston. Now, game six was back in Houston on Saturday night, and the Astros could settle it all. At home, We were scoreless up until the sixth inning when starting pitcher Valdez was still pitching for Houston when Kyle Schwarber again home runs and put the visiting team up one zip. But the Houston team immediately answered. In the same inning that started with a pitch hitting the batter, Altuve and Pena got on base with one out before Alvarez came up to the plate and put it all away. His home run went 450 feet and brought the score to Three to one. The Astros tacked one more on there for good measure, but it didn't matter. The Phillies never came back, and the Astros are your World Series champions. This was the first home team to win since 2013, and Pena is the first position player rookie to win World Series MVP. Finally, Dusty Baker gets his ring. So the World Series Parade will be in Houston today. So it was heard that Houston schools all had today off and all of that. I remember it from 2017. It actually went straight by my office and it was an amazing day. So congratulations to the Houston Astros. Moving along to NBA news, Nets have fired the head coach, Steve Nash, after starting the year two and five. Nash was only there for about two and a half years, and this was his first coaching stint. Surprisingly, the lead name to succeed Nash is the Celtics suspended coach, Ime Udoka. This firing, and there was more of a mutual agreeing to both part ways, is totally not in any way related to the next story or any. Player issues. Just kidding. The Nets finally suspended Kyrie Irving on Thursday for quote unquote at least five games due to posting an anti Semitic video but pretty much they are punishing him because he didn't apologize for it. So what the order was, was he, Kyrie Irving, posted this video that had anti-Semitic views in it. Then he didn't apologize for it, completely stood behind it. Then he gave some money to a Jewish foundation, then continued to not apologize for it. And then he was suspended for five days and apologized for it. So really not sending the right message that, actually saying things that are anti-Semitic should get you suspended, but basically not apologizing for it did. So not a good look for the NBA or the Nets. Again, there's a reason why these two stories have come out in the same week. Moving along to college football week 10 and oh, what a week it was. It was the weekend of the big showdown between the CFP poll number one ranking Tennessee and the number one in the AP poll or a.k.a. number three in the CFP poll, Georgia. So Tennessee was going to lean on its offense and its Heisman candidate quarterback, while Georgia was going to lean on its defense. So who wins, offense or defense? Georgia had only allowed four touchdowns this entire season before heading into this game, and Tennessee has averaged over 40 points per game. So all of this was the setup in the deciding SEC East game. And it was pretty much over by half because Georgia was leading twenty four to six and it actually took until the fourth quarter before the volunteers scored their first. Touchdown! So Georgia wins this matchup and the game twenty-seven to thirteen. Number two, Ohio State had a lot of trouble with the wind in Evanston and tied with New- Northwestern at the half seven to seven, but the Buckeyes pull it out at the end to win twenty-one to seven. Number four, Clemson had no ranked opponents left on its schedule after last week. But the Fighting Irish said, do not forget about us. And they were up 28-0 to at one point. Also, Clemson didn't score until about 10 minutes left in the entire game. Clemson loses 14-35. to And just like that, two undefeated teams go down. Number five, Michigan played with its food a little bit against Rutgers, trailing 17-14 at half. But then the Wolverines scored 28 points in the third and won handily. Number six, Alabama played at number 10, LSU, in the battle for the SEC West, and the Tigers came out to play. No crazy turnovers, no amount of penalties. LSU simply played well and beat the Tide. There were eight lead changes in this game, and it did end up going to overtime. LSU went for the win and the two-point conversion rather than just the extra point, and man, that call paid off. LSU upsets the Tide by one in overtime, and Saban's CFP hopes die in Death Valley. Number seven, TCU had yet another comeback win, this time against Texas Tech. They win by 10. Number 24, Texas came out swinging, scoring 31 points in the first half against number 13, Kansas State. But we've seen them blow that lead before. Kansas State did try to make a comeback, but they fell about a touchdown shy. Despite eight players being suspended from last week's Michigan scuffle, the Spartans had a great comeback win this week, beating number 16, Illinois, 23 to 15. This is a pretty bad loss for the Illini after they were a 16 point favorite. The wheels are completely coming off now for number 18, Oklahoma State. After being shut out last week, you wondered if they could bounce back or they would just come out completely defeated. And well, they came out completely defeated as they lose again this week, 16 to 37 to the Jayhawks, whose starting quarterback is still out. Number 20, Syracuse was without their starting star quarterback, and it did make all the difference. They got two interceptions and still lost to Pitt by 10. Number 21, Wake Forest played number 22, NC State, and even though three turnovers is better than last week's eight, Wake loses again. NC State wins 30-21. to Number 23, Oregon State was newly ranked but lost to unranked Washington after the Huskies scored 10 points in the final quarter to come back and win. Now the Huskies might be ranked. And finally, SMU Houston game has set records for the most points in an FBS regular season game with 140 points as the final score was 77 to 63. Also in this game, the most in NCAA history of 16 touchdown passes in a single game. It was 56-35 at half. So this was more of a basketball score compared to a football score. Moving on to the NFL, for week nine, eight games were within a score, and that's a lot considering there were six teams on a complete bye. The Eagles had an easy test with the Texans on Thursday night football, winning 29-17. The Chargers kicked a game-winning field goal to beat the Falcons after a crazy play that looked to have two fumbles, but then it was called down. The Dolphins scored 14 points in the second and the third quarter to go up over the Bears to win by three. Joe Mixon had a day against the two and seven Panthers. The Bengals put up 28 points in the second quarter and Mixon personally had five touchdowns. Thank you, Mixon. That looked great for my fantasy team. The Packers must be reevaluating all of their life choices after losing 15 to nine against the Lions this weekend, who only had one win before this weekend. They go to Dallas next or the Packers do. The Patriots sacked Colts quarterback Sam Ellinger nine times to get their win 26-3. The Jets-Bills game went back and forth before the Jets held off a fourth and 21 Hail Mary. The Vikings scored 13 points in the final quarter to keep their 7-1 record intact, beating the Commanders by three. The Seahawks have bounced back nicely from the beginning of the season, beating the Cardinals this weekend by ten. The Chiefs beat the Titans in overtime after scoring eight points late in the game to tie. Tom Brady also adds a W and another record to his name. This time it's for 100,000 yards in his career. He also scored the game winning touchdown in the final minute of the game. In off the field news, the Colts have fired their head coach, Frank Reich, in his fifth year on the team. The Colts were three and five so far this season. Overall, his record with the team was 40 to 33 and one tie. Really, it was kind of the final loss of last year that probably hurt him the most. They lost to the 3-14 and Jags by double digits, and that made the team miss the playoffs. So he was already on rocky ground and pretty much on the hot seat before the season even started. So we're going to go over the standings after week nine, since they're a little bit over halfway through this season. The Eagles lead the league, being the only undefeated team left, 8-0. and The Vikings, also in the NFC, are the highest next team at 7-1. and Then we have six teams with six wins, and those are split between the two conferences, the AFC and the NFC. The Texans remain the only team with a single win. Moving on to golf, Russell Henley was six shots ahead of everyone else heading into the final round on Sunday at Mayakoba, and he held on to four of those, only making two bogeys the entire tournament, and both were on Sunday. This was Henley's fourth PGA Tour win, but his first in five years. His 23 under par score ties the tournament record, which makes sense since he didn't have a bogey till that final round. Also, PGA Tour news, the 7th edition of the match will be played on December 10th with teams of Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy versus besties Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. The match will tee off at 6 p.m. on December 10th for a 12-hole competition and will raise money for Hurricane Ian relief. I also have two tiny tidbits, one for hockey and one for motorsports. Alex Ovechkin scored his 787th goal with the same team. This is an NHL record. He tied the previous record on Thursday night against the Red Wings before surpassing it against the Coyotes on Saturday. Also in the motorsports news, the MotoGP season has ended in Valencia over the weekend and after a tight comeback season, Ducati won the world championship with number 63, Peko Benyaya. This is the first championship for Ducati in 15 years. That is 5,534 days between victories for the manufacturer and the last Ducati rider to win was Casey Stoner. Also in a storybook ending, the final race of the year was won by Alex Rins, who rides a Suzuki. This was the final MotoGP race for Suzuki that they will ever race as they are exiting the league. A little Olympic news. The world gymnastics meet is over and it was a great competition, but it was definitely a tale of two sides. So on the women's side, Team USA won its sixth consecutive world team title. This has never been done before. So nice job, ladies. Brazilian Rebecca Andrade became the first woman from South America to win the all-around world title. She beat American Charlize Jones by one and a half points. Host Great Britain also got a gold in the floor exercise with Jessica Gattarova, her who beat her twin, and the Americans Jordan Childs and Jade Carey, who got silver and bronze. Shelley's Jones also won silver in the all-around and the uneven bars. It was a battle of the Americans on the vault with Carey edging out Childs for the gold. So we took two of those podium spots there. The only event that the United States did not have a woman on the podium for was the balance beam. And that was because Japan bookended that podium with Canada smack in the middle. Now, I said it was a tale of two sides because on the men's side, American Brody Malone took home the Team USA's first high bar medal at Worlds since 1979. He beat Japanese Hashimoto, who is the World and Olympic all-around champion, by 0.1 with a score of 14.8. This was the only event that there was an American man finishing on the podium. And finally, the MLS season has come to an end, so we do have a little bit of soccer news. So after the entire MLS season, the championship game between LAFC and Philadelphia United comes down to penalty kicks. So at the end of regulation, plus the additional eight minutes, it ended with a score of two and two. Then you go into extra time, which is usually an extra 30 minutes. There was no change in score, but when you add additional minutes on top of that, there was 11. An additional added there obviously for subs and injuries and everything Philly scored with seven minutes left to go in that time period so you probably think that's it Philly was gonna win okay um nope LA scored four minutes later to even it up and back at the end of extra time we are tied so we move into penalty kicks And LAFC dominated those, scoring three to Phillies zero. So credit to LAFC's goalie who saved two goals in penalty kicks. This is LAFC's first MLS title. Moving on to what to watch this upcoming week, we have only three games on for the NBA. The Knicks at the Nets at 6.30 on ESPN. This is Wednesday night, followed by the Battle of LA, the Lakers at the Clippers at 9. And then on Friday, the last NBA game televised is the Timberwolves at the Grizzlies at 8.30 on ESPN. However, we do have NCAA basketball starting up tonight tonight. With 11 ranked teams in action, I will not be going over these. How I usually do it is if there is a ranked versus ranked game on, that is when I will announce it on the podcast because otherwise I would be sitting here naming basketball teams for 20 minutes. So there will be 11 teams in action on the first day that is NCAA season, which is tonight. We do also have games televised on Thursday, a ton of games in action on Friday and one on Sunday. For more specifics on that, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, because I do list them all out. In the world of college football for week 11, we have four great matchups. These rankings will be AP poll, as the college football playoff rankings do not come out until Tuesday. So these are the updated ones for week 11, but they're AP. So number 10, Alabama at number 11, Ole Miss. That will be Saturday at 2.30 p.m. on CBS Also at 2.30, number 22, UCF at number 16, Tulane. That will be on ESPN2 in the battle for the top of the American. Number 24, newly ranked Washington versus number 6, Oregon. That will be at 6 p.m. on Fox. The game day game of the week will be number four, TCU, at number 18, Texas. Again, that will be at 630 on ABC, followed by a great ACC matchup that I think should be pretty close, number 15, UNC, with their amazing quarterback, Drake Mays, against Wake Forest and Sam Hartman. That will also be at 630 on ESPN, two. For the NFL, Monday Night Football tonight will be the Ravens at the Saints at 7.15 on ESPN. Thursday Night Football for Week 10 will be Falcons at the Panthers at 7.15 on Prime. Sunday, we start the day early at 8.30 a.m. on NFL Network with the Seahawks at the Buccaneers. They will be playing in Munich this time. Then we have seven games at noon. The Fox games are Vikings at the Bills, the Lions at the Bears, and the Saints at the Steelers. Then on CBS, the Broncos at the Titans, the Jags at the Chiefs, the Browns at the Dolphins, and the Texans at the Giants. At 3.05 p.m. on CBS, you can catch the Colts at the Raiders. Hopefully Sam Ellinger can manage not to get sacked as many times. Then the, at 3.25 on Fox, you either can catch the Cowboys at the Packers or the Cardinals at the Rams. Sunday night football will be the Chargers at the 49ers at 720 on NBC. And next week's Monday night football is the Commanders at the Eagles at 715 on ESPN. This weekend for the PGA Tour, we head to Houston for the Cadence Bank Houston Open. Round one will begin Thursday. These times are estimated it should be noon on Golf Channel all week. Friday you can catch round two. Saturday will be round three. And the final round on Sunday. Again, all of that should be at noon on Golf Channel. We also have a couple of hockey games televised. Tuesday night, the Oilers at the Lightning at 6.30 on ESPN, followed by the Predators at the Kraken at 9. You can also catch the Wild at the Kings at 9.30 on Hulu. Then on Wednesday, the Penguins at the Capitals at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Wild at the Ducks at 9 p.m. Then rounding out the week Sunday, the Capitals at the Lightning's at 6 p.m. on ESPN. And finally, rounding out the week, we have a women's international friendly soccer match between the United States and Germany at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 on Thursday, or you can catch that at 4 p.m. on ESPN on Friday. That wraps it up for me this week. There is obviously a ton going on now that the MLB season is over. We also wrapped up MotoGP as well as World Gymnastics Meet, but we've got tons going on with the start of men's NCAA basketball. So check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more stories and more times and games, and I'll catch y'all next week.